Welcome to the Wyatt Holtz Podcast. Today, um, I'm coming, I'm recording this here at LA Live, and uh, sorry that you haven't um, gotten very much content recently. Um, I've been working on a project, and it's finally, and it's getting old, it's coming, it's coming to a close. So, uh, at the end of the podcast, stay tuned, and I will have an, announce, an announcement for you guys. All right, so... The NBA playoffs, the second round's in full swing tonight um, at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Boston Celtics in Game Four from the Boston from the Garden in Boston at 6:30 Pacific. Golden State takes on uh, the Houston Rockets in Game. Four at the Toyota Center in Houston. Um, in horse racing news, we all know what happened. Uh, National Security uh, had their um, had to be disqualified from the Kentucky Derby, which means that they could not win um, because the jockey impeded on one of the horses. Now, it is, horse racing is a very divisive sport, okay? You're either really, 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 really interested or you just don't give a shit. And um, I'm one of those people, I was sick over the weekend and that was the only thing on, so I watched it. I wouldn't have probably watched it if I, if I wasn't at home not feeling very well, I probably wouldn't have watched it And the reason I wouldn't have watched is because I just don't think horse racing moves the needle anymore. And so I probably wouldn't have watched it. Or I would have recorded it and watched it when I got home from work. But I wasn't working on Saturday because I was sick. So I watched it live. And let me tell you, that was a very interesting experience. And the reason it was is because I happened to watch something. Probably the biggest horse race anything probably the most the biggest news to come out of horse racing rather than animal cruelty or 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 drugging or whipping or anything other than that in the past 25 30 years aside from the triple crown or anything like that from a horse winning it shall we say this is a controversy that i think benefits the world of horse racing this is the type of controversy that benefits the world of horse racing in a huge way. Would anyone be talking about the Kentucky Derby if that didn't happen over the weekend? Absolutely not. The main reason why people aren't talk, wouldn't talk about it is because either for it's something you're either for or against. I, on the other hand, are indifferent because um, we watched it. My mom watched it every year for a while, and then she stopped watching, and then, and that meant that I kind of stopped watching. So I really don't care, okay? I probably won't watch the Belmont or the Preakness. Probably will forget about it. It just doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't get... It just doesn't put... It just, they're just not where any of the eyeballs are. No one remembers that. And so, when people talk about 
when people talk about oh that's James Jones good Jesus okay hey <laughs> all right there we go so that's the one of LeBron's best friends anyway just walked past me that's pretty fucking cool anyway um so that would be he'd be something really someone really interesting to talk to after the whole LeBron uh, the whole fiasco came about this season with the Lakers he would be someone really interesting to talk to and and figure and talk about what's going on he would he would be very very interesting to talk to I'm sure that's very interesting I'm more than sure now granted um, we were talking about horse racing and I just saw James Jones so that's why I'm a little struck but hey <laughs> um, so anyway so he was very it's one of the type of things horse racing needs what happened um, on Saturday happened on a routine basis because horse racing is not in our scene of consciousness and the only way it would be in our human consciousness is if we, um, if we had anything to report on or had anything to say. We have nothing to say. Sorry, guys. We have nothing to say about the sport of horse racing. We have absolutely nothing to say. So the idea that um, we talk about horse racing is ridiculous. Not even, not even about, not even when the Kentucky Derby, not even, we wouldn't even talk about it. It has nothing, it, it gives you nothing, usually. It's just some, like, it's a real regional thing. Like, it just doesn't play well all over the country like it once did. I don't even know if it did, but it, it's, so, it's just so old school, you know? It just doesn't play well anymore. And so, we just, I just feel like when it happened... Um, at what happened at the Kentucky Derby um, was the type of thing that helps sport. I know that national security is probably going to um, appeal it, and they said they're not going to. He's um, not. They're not going to race in the Preakness because they have nothing to race for. And look. Thing that people are going to talk about is the idea that the best horse didn't win. Well, you know what, people? That's a that's that's. I get why you talk about it because, quite frankly, that horse, the odds, he, um, country home or whatever the hell his name was, had probably the worst um, odds of any horse to ever win. Okay, but that doesn't mean. He did this. That doesn't mean that this kind of stuff can't, doesn't happen. I feel like when they made the injunction, injunction and they took the, the, they took a long time to decide whether or not um, they were going to change it. And I'm like, look, in most sports, the longer you take, the better you have at changing your mind, the better chance of changing your mind. And they watched it in probably 50 fucking different angles. Okay, they they watched it at 50 fucking angles. They they had it down. But the one thing about what had happened that I think 
is, can be, is in question is the idea that if I know that I didn't win and I know it's in question, doesn't it take, doesn't it make it less that I get to win? That doesn't make, doesn't make your win less a little bit? You didn't actually do anything to win? You won because you were impeded? I mean, you, a lot, you could say a lot. You could say a lot about that. But I think that this is the type of news that I'll re- that, that, that helps horse racing. Because it's the type of news that has nothing to do with beatings or malnourishment or mistreatment. And I think that is what will help. That helps the sport. And, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but at the end of the day... It, it, it works itself out. And so, um, so that takes care of my horse racing talk. I heard nothing else to really say about it. Um, so anyway, so now we're gonna, I'm gonna get into this topic that I don't hear anyone talking about. And it's a really fascinating thing to discuss. And so I really want to talk about it because no one is really giving it any national play. I feel like it's a disservice. Because if anybody, because this is a bigger, this is a big sports figure. Um, he's a, he it didn't exactly have the most successful playing, well, playing career in tennis, but he had a, he's had a very successful career after his career ended. Um, he, didn't, he didn't exactly do a whole lot in his professional career. Until after he stopped playing, like it wasn't a very successful career. You know, he was he was a pro, but we can make the argument that he didn't exact he wasn't exactly the most successful professional in the world. Um, but after we had learned about him, we've learned so much about him. We learned so much about him uh, over the past, I'd say six, almost six months now, good or bad. Um, we weren't, we weren't, we, we, we have, we have finally an end somewhat to his saga, which is Justin Gimmelstab, who was a professional tennis player mid, late, late 90s, early 2000s, um, had a, had a, had a pretty successful Broadcasting career with Tennis Channel after his after he stopped playing, um, he was on the he's been on the board since he stopped. He is the LA. Um, he's like the yeah. He's like the the the, Amer- the the guy on the on the ATP board from America who makes who helps with making the decisions for our side of the world. Basically, and um, he was accused back in October of beating up a friend of his who he has known for a while. They apparently had been friends for 20 plus years, and um, he um, was there. Was it was very apparently. It was on Halloween of twenty, say twenty seventeen. I think it was October twenty seventeen. 
it was apparently a very gruesome, ugly scene. And um, his friend got his friend got um, hurt really bad by him. His friend was very scared. His wife at the time, they're estranged now, said that it was one of the most scary things she had ever seen. She's estranged from him now, as as, a, as you can figure out. Obviously, this was a very traumatic event, and still is for the whole family, for the families involved. Um, so, a court um, hearing was was held. A hearing was held in court here in LA about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and he was put on probation and he was found guilty. And they had pretty, the judge had pretty much said to him that 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 he is that if he doesn't, that he did it, that he didn't agree, that he didn't, and he, that if he did, if he did, that he did it, that if he didn't comply with his, that if he didn't agree, he would have, he wouldn't comply with his probationary sentence. He would have ended up probably sentenced to would be even bigger. Probably would have been put into jail. But they lessened it, possibly because uh, he was going to probably stay um, in the um, in the business of tennis. Um, but last week he had stepped down from his position at the at the ATP board, and he had stepped down officially from Tennis Channel. What she had stepped down, what she had taken a leave from, of absence from. In lieu of the um, was the accusation. Now, when um, Rafael Nadal was asked, Rafael Nadal said, "Well, I don't think we know all the facts. Something to that effect," and he got absolutely accosted for it. Now, look. I feel like in this situation, there's no winners here. Uh, um, there, and think about it though. And I, and I, there's a podcast out about about kind of what had happened into a, into the more of the international tennis community's lens. Um, the tennis, the Telegraph in London did a did a weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, tennis podcast. It's called the Tennis Podcast. It is probably one of the biggest, most well-known tennis podcasts there are. There's not that many tennis podcasts out there, but this is probably the best one. This is my personal favorite, and um, it's a good listen. I suggest that you guys give that a a listen, because it's very informative. It talks about things that around the sport that we might not have thought about, you know? And I'm, and I'm, a, and I'm a year-long big exor- and, I, and I'm a big fan. I used to go to the 
tournament um, that was held here in L.A. every summer. And I would see Justin Gimmelstab there every summer. And I would like to think that he didn't do it. But I would... But it's kind of the thing where... I, as much as I'd like to think he didn't, I think most likely he did. And um, the thing is... I have no reason to think he didn't do it. I just have no reason to think that. Because everything he has said publicly after the fact, after the acquisition, tells me, after he was accused, tells me that he did it. Because he's saying, he was quoted as saying in the New York Times that, um, that that he feels vindicated, that he, that he feels this is a redemption tool. And he believes that he didn't really do anything, nothing really happened. He believes this is a redemption tool. And, um, see, look, if you are willing to go that far, then in my book, you did it. If you're willing to go that far and say that it was a redemption, it's a redemption tour, you're willing to make it about yourself, then you did it. Because what, I mean, come on. If you're willing to make it about yourself, then I think you did it. And the reason is, I know that sounds a little harsh, but like, look, what else do we have? What else, what else do we need to know? <coughs> the guy is a scumbag. We don't exactly know much about him. All we know is one thing about him. We know that he doesn't like women a hell of a lot. Well, she had made a comment regarding women's players 10 years prior to this incident. Well, maybe 10 years plus or something like that. 10 years, maybe 10 years, you know. But he was very, he's been very adamant about these very, it's like this, these like real controversial views he has about things in general that I think make don't necessarily make who you are, but they kinda tell you. I mean he he's getting accused of things that if that, that he obviously did because a friend of yours is not going to accuse you of shit but you didn't do unless not a friend actually not someone who you've known as long as it's been reported that he knows this guy. And um, it just seems like it's so obvious, you know. Sometimes we don't need to read. Sometimes all we have to do is put, is put two and two together and add it up. And just add it all up and then that's how you get it. And so it's very uncommon for it's very uncommon for anything to be different um, in this type of a situation. I, on the other hand, do not like how he handled it. I think it's very cowardly. But I also think in his business, in his world, he knows that by painting this picture and telling us that this is who he is, 
he knows that this might help him. And it probably will. Because do you think, though, that someone like... He is, but he is, he is the coach of record for John Isner, who is a top 10 player. So, at the end of the day, does he think that John Isner is going to say, oh, well, uh, I don't want to work with him. I, I feel like he did it. Uh, I mean, look, would, could John Isner say that? Yes. But I don't know for sure. Is John... Is John Isner the type of person who would say that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him very well. So I just so, so I don't know him, and I'm not as pl- I'm not I'm not plugged in with the tennis media as I am with the NBA. But I do know that Justin Gimmastov has made himself almost to the point he's almost made himself so he's almost so powerful now that he had to step down because guess what he was probably going to be allowed to stay because look the US is a big enough country where you have to have representation that's who you represented on the board but we have some of the we have some of the most tennis we have some of the most, we have some of the mo- more, we have more, more tournaments than most places. We have like two months, where three months almost, where we kind of control the scene, and so you need someone on the board from here. And my, in my per, the the person I would pick is Paul Anacom. That just me. I think Paul Anacone deserves it. Or maybe even Jim Courier or, or, or maybe Patrick McEnroe. Guys who have been successful, guys who know the business, and guys who don't appear to be in it for the wrong reason and don't appear to have their head that they're at that far. Now, you do have to remember something, though. European European business is different than American business. European business is different. People in Europe look at this differently and they'll say something to the effect of, well, you know what? That wasn't that that wasn't that big a deal. Like, like they don't even think about stuff like that. Like Rafael Nadal says said he was asked in Barcelona two weeks ago now about what happened, and uh, well, well, three, almost three now. And uh, Rafael Nadal said, "Well, you know, I, I, I'm not gonna say anything or so, something like that, something ridiculous." It's like, but dude, people are going to pay. People are paying attention to you. You might not know it, but they are. They're paying attention to you, and so they are. So you have to be better with with questioning than that. I just feel like he, I feel like he made a big mistake by saying what he said and really not answering the question. They did, they did a lot of, and even the major tennis tours did a lot of, not just the tours, but the 
the majors, the, the, the Tennis Australia, the USTA, the Lawn Tennis Association, the French Tennis Federation, they did a lot of maneuvering. Uh, they maneuvering to the effect of, well, who knows? To the effect of, a lot of maneuvering. And so, are we surprised? This amount of maneuvering, absolutely not. Should we be? No. Am I? Yes. Because he's a big figure in sport. So, in this sport, at the end of the day, we're going to have this type of maneuver. He's a big, he's a big, big deal. And um, I feel like there were there are people out there would have who would have undermined it, the judge's decision regardless of the nature of the issue. So I mean look, I don't think we'll see him around anytime soon. And I don't know if we'll hear anything from the tour anytime soon. But I do know this. At least he has stepped down. Was he probably told to? Legally, yes. By his legal representatives? Yes. But look, I understand why it's hard either way. Um, Because, look, I have had issues with believing some professional athletes. I've also had issues where I think we were a little too hard on them. As well, I don't. I have. I have a serious opinion about what Kobe did. I'm very. I don't believe it was as bad as it was made out to be. But I also know this. I would be accosted for saying that by people. And like what Adrian Peterson did, which to me is the worst thing possible you can do to anyone to beat up children. I have worked in behavior and psychology for 10 years. So I've done a lot. I've talked to parents for a long time and I've done a lot of group sessions and I have educated people on the idea that kids are the most Vulnerable in our society outside of animals. So we are act, you are acting that way, it's because you are acting this way to avoid. You're acting this way because you can't handle it and you will put on this earth to do something and you're not able to do it now. So look, and a lot of the time they never put together how everything changes when you make a decision like this. No one understands that. So now, I feel like we have, we've now gotten, people have gotten their wish. Now granted, they need, they need to put someone on their board before the French Open. That would be, I would consider it. Um, I would consider that. But I also know this. Why are we surprised? What have we? What have we been? What? Have, there's gonna be a day 
where everyone is in fault. Everyone's going to be at fault. There's going to be a day where we're going to find people that people have done shit. And be, oh, who the fuck are you? How did you... I can't believe you did this. Whatever. We shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. Because that's what's going to happen. We have put ourselves in this situation to where we can we either like it or we either like how our society changed or we don't. Our society is 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 making it so that is is now equipped to the point where we now have people who who are feeling com- comfortable speaking out. They now feel comfortable. So. What you're gonna do? What, what, what's gonna happen is, we, and it's also with the Luke Walton situation. I know people who are very close to both parties, and they don't exactly, you don't exactly have a whole lot of news on that front either at the moment. That story, story's kind of died, died out a little bit, probably until the trial. It's probably gonna die out. If it's even gonna go to trial, probably won't. But I know people who know both parties, and they're like, well, this is a really sad thing. It's awful, it's awful, it's awful, whatever. But look, guys, I don't like how these things are reported to the police. I don't like it. I don't like how, I don't like how something can happen in 2014, but I'm not going to report them. I'm not going to report it until 2019. That just doesn't sit well with me. And in most situations, that wouldn't sit well with the cops. So why are people given the right to to put to make claims and then and the things happen to them, they can sit on them forever. And then it happened in 2014, 2019. Oh yeah. He got a job to coach the Kings, and so now we now we now are going to break. We are now going to well, we are now willing to do it. It just looks awful. I just can't get over that. That 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 just looks bad for both parties. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I just don't. I just don't like that. And it's like, it's like oh, everybody felt comfortable coming out. Well, look, I don't care. I don't care what the woman's reason was. I don't give a shit. What I'm telling you is, I don't like the idea that you come out late. You basically say, oh, well, but look, if it mattered to you now, it must have mattered to you in 2014, when you said it was so scary, you felt, you feared for your life. I mean, so yeah, I, I just find it incredibly wrong. And, may, and I don't like how it was, I don't like how, how the female reports these things. Because look, it's not very fair that you don't report it right away. Because guess what? Yeah, we have statute of limitations for these things. And for people to abuse these type of things, well, that's it. Like, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of ability to say, I don't have a whole lot of, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in our justice system at this point, that we were allowing people to say shit, and then they say it, and it's like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, sorry. You know, it just seems awful to me, and so, it seems rude and very insensitive, and, uh, if, if that's what we want, 
That's what we want. But I feel like it's just wrong, you know? So, I'm going to uh, be done with this podcast for right now. So, uh, this episode was brought to you again once by Anchor. And I have an announcement, so stay tuned.